More than three and a half million people took to the streets in Washington, D.C. and all 50 states on Saturday to protest peacefully in the women's marches. Marching and demonstrating our rights that have been exercised in this country to protest civil rights violations, the Vietnam War, LGBT rights, the list goes on. But now Republican lawmakers in five states have introduced bills to criminalize peaceful protests. They range from a bill in Minnesota to increase fines for freeway protests to up to $3,000 in a year in jail to a bill in North Dakota that would not penalize a driver who negligently runs over and kills protesters on highways. Our guest is Timothy Zick, professor at William and Mary Law School and author of Speech Out of Doors, Preserving First Amendment Liberties in Public Places. Timothy, these target nonviolent protests and sound like violations of the First Amendment, are they? Well, some of them could be. Um, some of the laws um, might be deemed disproportionate to the government's interest in things like um, the free flow of traffic on highways uh, and public safety and order and those sorts of things. There's a requirement that when you regulate speech, especially in traditional public forums, which are things like public streets and public parks and sidewalks, that you do so with some measure of care. So some of these measures uh, could violate the First Amendment through uh, that sort of analysis. Others seem to single out particular types of protests, for example, union protests. And the Supreme Court's been very clear, uh, indeed, with respect to laws that do exactly that, that the government doesn't have the power, it cannot, under the First Amendment, single out particular speakers or messages uh, under the First Amendment. So it's possible. Uh, that at least some of these measures would violate current First Amendment free speech and assembly standards. Uh, Tim, e- e- even if they do uh, potentially violate the First Amendment and even if they would get struck down, uh, are there concerns that you have about them that they would uh, chill speech if they did go uh, into effect? Yeah, I think even if they they didn't violate First Amendment doctrine, they seem to be uh, inconsistent with what you might say is the spirit of the First Amendment, freedom of speech and free assembly in the places that I mentioned, uh, in the sense that they seem to be designed to chill or suppress um, protest. Now, on the flip side of that, we have to acknowledge there is no First Amendment right to block uh, traffic. There's no First Amendment right Uh, to engage in in this sort of um, disruptive behavior that some of the protesters have engaged in. So you have to give the state its due in the sense that it's allowed to, um, you know, pass laws to maintain public order and safety. But the concern is that many of these laws, most of them, in fact, seem to go beyond that. There are existing laws that, for example, punish that, that sort of civil disobedience But these laws seek to increase fines, for example, to $10,000, to make the offense a felony as opposed to a misdemeanor. Uh, And think about the disproportionate impact that those sorts of laws have on students, on the poor, uh, who may not be able to afford that kind of judgment, and then for whom civil disobedience becomes um, costly uh, in the sense of fines and potential imprisonment. And the calculus changes quite a bit in that sense. Tim, 
very surprising is the bill in North Dakota that would not penalize a driver who negligently runs over and kills protesters on highways. Now, they shouldn't be blocking the highway, let's say, but that seems to take this the, out of the hands of the police and the courts. Well, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that one. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that uh, before brought to my attention. And I have to say, it, it completely flips around the understanding, again, under the First Amendment, that uh, protesters are entitled to use these traditional public forums for protest and civil disobedience and communicating in all sorts of manners, and to make it dangerous for them in the sense that you provide an immunity to a driver who negligently runs over a protester. Um, I, I don't want to say it encourages reckless behavior, but it might. And it certainly is, is wildly inconsistent with the tradition we've had in this country of allowing protesters, even when they're disruptive, to have their say, to engage in assembly, to engage in mass protests in, in public streets. Tim, there's also uh, some legislation in, in Minnesota involving uh, penalties for obstructing the legal process. Are you familiar with that? And if so, can you explain what that means? Well, I'm not sure exactly what it means, which might be part of the problem. It could be There could be a vagueness problem with laws and ordinances of that sort. A person who is subject to the law has to know in plain English what the law forbids. Um, if it is the case that that is um, some sort of public order offense, that a protester who doesn't immediately cooperate in some way, who stands in this place as opposed to another and is arrested on that basis, then the concern with laws like that and all sorts of public order laws is the massive discretion that those laws place in the hands of officers who can arrest for uh, what would seemingly be very minor offenses and, again, subject protesters and assemblers to um, some very strict penalties. Tim, we will have to leave it there for now. That's Tim Zick, a professor at William & Mary Law School.